You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And on today's show, we're lucky enough to be joined by John Kegley, the Chargers Encyclopedia. And this episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and I also cover the Chargers for the LA Football Network, but collectively we have covered the Chargers for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, which we just got done with, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly on Facebook, and this is our third season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, a lot to get into. Of course, we have to start with some huge news because the Chargers had a positive COVID-19 test, and they also placed two players on injured reserve. So we're going to have to start there today. And then we're going to do what we do every week, getting into our keys for success this week. We're going to start with the offensive side of the ball, going up against a good Denver Broncos defense, and then wrap the show up with the defensive side of the ball for the Chargers, which... Had some moments last week, but has really struggled over the last few weeks, generally speaking, and then get into our bold and game predictions. So let's go ahead and get into it. On Thursday, one Los Angeles Charger had a positive COVID-19 test. This is Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogmeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. One of the biggest pieces of news in the NFL broke on Thursday when Ian Rappaport reported that the Chargers had a player test positive for COVID-19 and that the player and all close contacts were told to stay home and isolate, sources say. The team learned of this last night. The facility will be open, but all meetings will be virtual. The Chargers ended up having to cancel their entire practice, and then later on we found out from Adam Schefter that the player who tested positive for it was Ryan Groy, the Chargers' starting right guard in the absence of Trey Turner. And now, David, what that means is that Easton Stick, starting right tackle Trey Pipkins, and starting left guard Forrest Lamp have all been put into COVID-19 protocol for being close contacts. So now, not only are the Chargers without Ryan Groy, but now they have even more players to worry about. Yeah, this is a terrible situation for the Chargers, and you know it's something that they've done a great job of avoiding up to this point. I mean, up in the off-season programs and in training camp, they didn't have any issues with COVID-19, and it seemed like during watching Hard Knocks that they had done a great job of trying to keep the players as safe and healthy as possible. But in the midst of a pandemic, these things can happen, and it, now it has struck the Los Angeles Chargers. And, and for the Chargers, they don't know what's going to happen with their right guard situation now that Ryan Groy has tested positive for COVID-19. And also, we just don't know what the rest of the Chargers offensive line is going to look like. It could have some major effects. If their starting right tackle Trey Pipkins and their starting left guard Forrest Lamp turn out to test positive, then they could have a completely new offensive line going into this Sunday's game against the Denver Broncos. That's just it. Nobody knows. The uncertainty right now is probably weighing heavily on the Chargers organization. Unfortunately, what we have seen throughout the rest of the NFL is you're not going to always know immediately after 
the effects of the COVID-19 virus affecting one of your players because we don't know about those guys, but it could even be other guys on the team, and we won't even know for a couple of days. But for Forrest Lamp and Trey Pipkins right now, two very important pieces for this weekend, we'll have to see, I believe, three negative COVID-19 tests before they're allowed to join the team again. So we really don't know how far this is spread at this point. You just have to hope that they had it contained and that the rest of the guys outside of Ryan Gray are able to be there this weekend against the Broncos because the NFL has said they have not thought about rescheduling this game against the Broncos. But it wasn't just getting COVID-19, though, for Ryan Gore because he was also placed on injured reserve. The only report we have out on it right now is from Michael Peterson from Bolts from the Blue who said the offensive guard Ryan Gray is dealing with a torn bicep and a torn labrum in his hip that will require offseason surgery. And the Chargers also placed Virgil Green, their backup tight end and their best run-blocking tight end, on injured reserve as well. So David, it's not just the COVID-19 part of this. It's also the Chargers losing two more players who did play roles for the Chargers offense. Yeah, and for Ryan Groy, it's not just the COVID-19, it's the injury too. So he's going to miss at least three games, could possibly be more. We don't know what the extent of his injury is as of yet. And for Virgil Green, he is also being on IR. Thankfully, after three games, they can come back. But this it doesn't seem like it's going to be just a three-week thing. But it also doesn't seem like it's going to be a season-ending injury for Virgil Green, which is a great thing because at the end of this year, he is an unrestricted free agent, so it would be in his best interest if he's going to be able to come back out there to put his best foot forward, put as much good things on tape as he possibly can because, you know, he wants to get paid again. He wants to be able to go uh, and join another NFL franchise or get re-signed by the Chargers. So, But the, the thing is, the Chargers are going to have to find another person to try to fill in for Ryan Groy at right guard. That person looks like it's Scott Questenberry. He was the guy that played when Ryan Groy left Sunday's game against the Jaguars with an injury. Scott Questenberry is a center, doesn't have a lot of experience at guard, but we're going to have to see how he's going to fare going forward because it seems like he is going to be the guy. In Virgil Green's stead, the Chargers have gotten good things out of Donald Parham. They're very excited about his abilities as a pass catcher and said he has grown exponentially as a run blocker. That is going to be put to the test over the next following weeks. And Donald Parham did have his highest snap count of the season on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But Scott Questenberry, we did see take over after Forrest Lamp and Mike Pouncey got injured in 2019. He took over at the center position and he was actually one of the bright spots for the Chargers offensive line. And it wouldn't be as big of a deal if you had guys like Brian Bulaga or Trey Turner back whose position right guard is supposed to be captained by. But unfortunately, both those guys have yet to practice fully and there's no faith that they will be available for the Chargers this weekend. And Anthony Lynn has said, They're probably both game time decisions. I would think that at this point, it's really hard to have any faith that those guys will be able to play. So in comes Scott Questenberry, who was up and down last week, but has another chance to go out there and prove that he deserves to be a part of this starting offensive line unit. If Trey Pipkins and Forrest Lamp are going to miss this game, then the Chargers might even have to start a practice squad player. So the results of these tests that are pending are going to be absolutely critical for the Chargers, not only for this weekend, but going forward. But we do have two more segments to get into because we do have to get into our keys for success offensively before wrapping up the shows for our defensive keys and getting into our bold and game predictions. But thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. 
This football season will be different in Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. So when you're at the store and you're buying all of your snacks and wings and whatever you're going to get for the game, don't forget to grab a Pepsi because Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. This episode is also brought to you by Built Go. Built Go is here from the creators of Built Bar, the best protein bar on the planet. Now they're getting you the best way to get through your day, especially at the end of the day. I always hit a wall around four or five and I feel like I need to take a nap. Now I just take a Built Go, which is like a five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus it's natural, so it's better for the body as well. But I just blow right through it now. I can prep for the podcast. I can do all the things I wanted to do because Built Go is portable. I can take it with me if I have to go out. You can put it in your golf bag. You can put it in your briefcase or really anywhere you want. And it comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. All you have to do is go to BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you can get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED, all caps, for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. All right, guys. Well, now it's time to get into our keys for success for this Chargers offense. And I have so many keys that I want to see from this Chargers offense this week. There's no way I'm going to be able to get into all of them. But I have to start with taking care of the football because in a game that I don't think either team is exponentially better, I do think the Chargers are a better football team, but they haven't shown it to us in a lot of weeks this season. But the one thing that you can't do is turn the ball over. And the Chargers have gone two straight games, knock on wood, without any turnovers. And I think that has to continue this week, especially against a good defense. They're going to have their work cut out for them, John. But one thing they can't do is give a very below average Broncos offense up to this point in the season any extra chances. No, you cannot. You have to play the game all the way down the field if it's the Broncos' offense. You have to make them go the whole length of the field. So having the Chargers' offense create a turnover and give the Broncos easy touchdowns is not going to do well, especially with how much your defense has struggled lately. But for me, offensively, you got to be going sideline to sideline. And while doing this, definitely be holding onto the ball. But you got to make this Broncos team go sideline to sideline, get them tired, Make them change direction. Even do things where if you've been running to one side a lot, start play actioning that side and go to the other side right away. Just do things that gets them having to sprint really fast and get them tired really fast. So those, these guys will put their foot in the ground and run to the ball right away. So if you can get them tired to start the game, you can go well for you the rest of the game. I like to see more screens that, that can do this. You can do Donald Parham in the screen game as well, more of Joe Reed. Uh, even Justin Jackson, he did well to start the Jaguars game in the screen game, but also just running game, running stretches, running pitches, something like that that gets the defense flowing. If you're just going to run straight up with these guys, they will beat you. I mean, even with the offensive line that the Chargers had last week, they still weren't able to be able to do it effectively, and that's with all the guys the Chargers could potentially miss this weekend. So I do think that's going to be a huge part of this game. I think, yeah, stretching them horizontally as well as vertically, get them off balance, be able to run the ball effectively, which the Chargers two running backs average 2.4 yards per 
per carry last week with Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson. That's two weeks in a row for Joshua Kelly, averaging only 2.4 yards per carry. So they really have to get that going, but I would like to see them get on the outside more. And if you run the jet sweeps, if you put the ball on the perimeter with wide receiver screens or even running back screens and kind of get them on their heels, that'll open things up more on the inside where you can actually start to find some creases. But I don't think those creases or gaps are going to be there for them right away. But this is a Broncos team that gave up 129 rushing yards to the New York Jets at an average of 5.3 yards per carry. So we said last week the Jacksonville Jaguars were not a good rush defense. The Chargers really couldn't get it going. Traditionally speaking, Justin Herbert ran all over the place, but they couldn't get the running backs going. They'll have another chance this week, David. We'll have to see if they can execute that to hopefully take some of the load off of Justin Herbert. Yeah, they definitely need to run the football more effectively because the Broncos are going to be coming after Justin Herbert. They have been very successful at getting after the quarterback this year. They're averaging three sacks a game, and that's why my first key to success on the offensive side is to get the ball out of Justin Herbert's hands quickly. The screens, the slants, the end arounds, the checkdowns, that's what I want to see. I want to get him in rhythm and get the ball out of his hands, slow down that pass rush, so then later on in the game, he can start to look at some of those deeper shots. But it starts with slowing and wearing down the pass rush. Yeah, I think so too. And the screen game can also help that. We'll see if we can see some more max protect at some points in this game, if the Chargers want to take a shot. And this Denver defense, if they are pretty solid, but their corners, I would say, are about average, maybe a little bit better than that. But that is a mismatch for this Chargers team. I mean, Mike Williams should be able to have a game against this defense. Keenan Allen should be able to basically get open against any one of their corners. They do have a couple of good safeties in Justin Simmons, including Justin Simmons, but they also have a good pass rush as well. Malik Reed looked really good getting after Patrick Mahomes last week. Bradley Chubb is a really good player. So for the Chargers, you're going to have to protect Justin Herbert because, you know, having him escape and, you know, make plays obviously is very nice. But over the long haul, you don't want him taking those hits at all. So getting those quick passes, doing the screen game, all of those things will be key for the Chargers success. But John, what else are you looking for? For the Chargers to find, you know, a good offensive game plan going up against the Denver Broncos, who, I mean, last week held the Chiefs to like 0 of 8 on third downs. I want to see the Chargers implement more tight ends on linebackers. I They've been working really well. When, like, they threw the touchdown to Virgil Green, to Parham. It's working, and Justin Herbert knows how to throw it. It needs to, they need to find a way to do ways where they cross guys and get the linebackers to cover a tight end, make that mismatch. Bill Belichick does this stuff a lot. When you watch him with Tom Brady, he would have Edelman or Gronk or someone get matched up with a linebacker by crossing people or something or making them run to a certain area of the field. And Brady would know that was coming and hit it right away. Herbert Shoney could make those throws. So I think you have to make it part of your game plan to get these mismatches, including tight ends on linebackers a lot more and you could probably get a lot more third down conversions and a lot more touchdowns in the red zone even though we've been pretty good in the red zone so far with scoring but you can just get more touchdowns out of it if you implement this into your game plan yeah i 100 percent agree i loved the three tight end set last week where they end up getting that first touchdown to donald parham they go extra tight ends for the virgil green touchdown i mean if you're finding a virgil green in a mismatch situation basically any tight end will do in the receiving game it's still you know to be determined how they're going to fill in for his run blocking 
assets. But at this point, I mean, getting Donald Parham more snaps on the field is going to be, I mean, better, I think, as far as explosiveness for the Chargers offense. I'd like to see them get him in more catch-and-run situations. Same with Joe Reed. I mean, there's easy passes you can do to get him the ball on the move, give him a head start, and let him go to work and make people miss with great field vision. But really, David, this game is going to come down to Justin Herbert one way or the other. So the key for Justin Herbert is finding his first game without you know having that one interceptable pass. Because against the Saints, it was Malcolm Jenkins who dropped a pick. Last week at the end of the first half, the Jaguars drop a pick. So it's not just not turning the ball over, but it's just Justin Herbert continuing to play very well, not turning the ball over. But if Justin Herbert has a rough game in this one, with the Chargers' weakness being the running game, I mean, it's going to be a long day. So Justin Herbert has to keep up this torrid pace. I mean, he doesn't need to go, you know, four touchdowns, but he has to continue to be effective, be able to keep hitting on those long balls, and be able to do the little things when necessary too. Yeah, and protect the football, right? I mean, you don't want to give this this really bad offense of the Broncos more opportunities because the defense is going to provide opportunities, and that offense is going to give the ball away on its own. And we'll get into that when we switch over to the defensive side of things. But definitely protect the ball. Their offense is not great. Don't give them any short fields. Don't give them any better opportunities to score. So protect the ball. And also run the ball with Justin Herbert, too. Make yep. them, you know, do 11 on 11, like uh, <laughs> Anthony Lynn likes to say. Make him, you know, make them account for Justin Herbert in the running game. We already saw that he can be effective. And also, you know, run the ball to the perimeters as well. Make, you know, that's a, another part of slowing down the pass rushers and, and wearing them out is run the ball to the perimeter. Do some some stretches. Do some pitches. I want to see them get more creative. Get, you know, do you know, some of the things that Justin Jackson can do well. I mean, you got to adapt to the players that you have. And so I'd like to see that a little bit more, but run the ball with Justin Herbert and run the ball to the perimeters. I think it will definitely help you have success against the Broncos on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, you can't put too much on Justin Herbert's play. I mean, he's shown that he can put the team on his back when he has to, but realistically you'd like a balanced game plan where your rushing attack is setting up easier opportunities for your rookie quarterback. That's the way it should go. You can pass to open up the run and things like that. But if they know you're going to pass it, they're in way better situation, especially with that pass rush. You got to stay on downs and distances and favorable chances in those situations. You got to go second and fives. You got to get the second and threes, the third and twos. All of those things will be important because if you have to put him back there on third and 10, you're putting that defense in the situation they want to be in on the other side. But let's flip over to the Chargers defensive side of the ball and get into what we need to see from them going up against a struggling Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos offense coming up right after this. All right, so in the last segment, I started with John for his keys for success offensively. David, I'll start with you this time going up against this Denver Broncos defense who definitely has its flaws. What's your first keys for success for the Chargers defense? So watching tape on the Denver Broncos and their offense and Drew Locke, one of the things that I picked up on is that he loves to roll out to his right. That is definitely his comfort zone. He loves to get on the run and throw on the right. So my big key to success is bring hard pressure on the right side and force him to go to the weak side. Like John likes to say, make him do things that he doesn't want to make him uncomfortable. He often ignores the left side of the field. So he definitely loves and prefers throwing to the right side and looking to the right side. So force him to that opposite side, make it uncomfortable, make him do something he doesn't want to do. And you're going to get a good result. 
Yeah, and I mean, he has turned the ball over so far a lot this season. I mean, he's looking a lot different than his four-in-one start. And I know John Kegley is a big fan of, you know, making right court, right-handed quarterbacks roll out to the left side because it's just an awkward throw. Justin Herbert learned in his first game that good things don't happen when you try to throw back across your body, especially rolling out to the left side. And the other thing about Drew Locke, too, is he takes some really deep sacks this so far this year. He's been sacked only six times, but on those six sacks, he's lost 53 yards on them. So he's losing an average of 8.8 yards per sack. He does hold on to the ball a little bit too long, and the Chargers are going to have to get pressure on him in this game. I mean, it's going to be key. We've seen, John, this defense really only thrives when their defensive line is getting pressure. So they're going to have to create it, and Justin and Drew Locke likes to hold on to the football. And once you do that, if you can get that sack, it basically makes the Denver offense bail on that drive. Like It's going to be tough to get to him, but if you can, I mean, they have given up 18 sacks so far this year. A lot of that, you know, had other quarterbacks in there as well. But if you can do that and make Drew Locke have to throw the ball instead of giving them the option to run it down your throat, which they can do pretty much all day if they want to on third and short or even second and short, I think you're going to really put this offense in check for the Broncos. Yes, but in order to get to that situation, you have to first stop the run. Because if they are beating you with the run, then you're not going to get those opportunities to get those big sacks in the passing game. And the Chargers yeah, for sure. have struggled a lot at stopping the run. And the Broncos have two really good running backs at Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. Hey, Melvin Gordon all you want. He still uh. has run the ball really well. And Philip Lindsay with Concussion protocol is looking like he's going to play this week. So if he does play, that's a two-headed monster that's going to be hard to deal with. But Melvin Gordon does some of the ball. So you do have a, a way out of drives. If they're beating you, you, ha- you do have a way out of drives. Do you, you want to see more Denzel Perriman on the field then, potentially? I would say yes, because someone like Melvin Gordon, if you hit him hard and hit him early, he tends to clinch up and not want to run as hard. And it, it You've seen him do it as a charger. If he got hit in the mouth a couple of times, he didn't run as hard. He starts going down easily, even though he does that regardless. But he starts to go down real easily once you wrap up on him. He's not going to want to drive those feet. And, and he gets he, frustrated, too. Really frustrated. Yeah. And he fumbles a lot. So Perryman making those hits. And we've seen Perryman make a lot of fumbles. That's going to be your opportunity right there. But you got to stop this run. If you don't stop the run, the Broncos are going to be able to open up the passing game. And guys like Jerry Judy will be getting a lot of receptions from quick throws from Drew Locke. But if you stop the run and make it a passing game only, I agree with Wade. you got to get Drew Locke into those sack situations because he will take the deep sack, and then you'll have second and 18, second and 17, something like that. And now you know they're probably going to have to pass the ball. And if they run the ball, you have a chance to stop them to make it like third and seven, which is still a decent amount of yards to stop them on a passing play. And when you are coming after him, do it creatively. One thing I want to see carry over from the Jaguars game to this game is those creative blitzes. You saw Des King on a couple of blitzes. I also want to see them send Kenneth Murray on a blitz. I mean, they haven't done that a lot. He's an underrated blitzer from what we saw uh, at Oklahoma. So definitely continue with the creative blitzing. Make Drew Locke wonder where the pressure is going to come from. Make him feel it when it's not there. Make him feel the ghosts or see the ghosts and make him as uncomfortable as humanly possible and make him guess. If you get him to think and guess more, it's going to definitely benefit you against this Broncos team on Sunday. 
Yeah, and I mean, he does turn the ball over too. I mean, four interceptions, like I said. I mean, against the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't know. Against the New England Patriots a couple weeks ago, even when they won, it was 18-12. to And then Drew Locke ended up throwing two fourth-quarter interceptions when all they had to do was hold on to the lead. And a couple of those you know, were under pressure as well. So he will make questionable decisions. He will have some bad throws. If you can get pressure in his face, he might have a couple where he makes some nice passes as well. But the one thing you don't want to see in this game is like against the Jacksonville Jaguars, they control things at the line of scrimmage and it elevates Gardner Minshew, or in this case, Drew Locke, and makes them look a lot better. That's what happened the last year when the Chargers played against Drew Locke. I mean, he had a very efficient game against them. He will make mistakes, but if they're running it for five and six yards in attempt, if they're getting into those good downs and distances like third and one or second and four or things like that, it's going to be a long game for your defense and we all know that this defense even when they're fully rested hasn't been great for at least big stretches of a lot of these games so for the Chargers defensively I'm looking for them to really put together an entire game and Anthony Lynn always talks about it it's super cliche putting together a full four quarters but there's been times in every one of these games where the Chargers defense seems to give up back-to-back scores they'll give up a big play on a third down so many things that are deflating if they can just keep it going throughout the entire game if they can just be solid throughout the game instead of being really good at the beginning or really good at the end I do think that the Chargers will have success because I think if you're able to consistently Make Drew Locke have to make tough decisions if you can shut down the running game, which is a lot easier said than done. I think it could be a good game for this Chargers defense. But let's go ahead and get into our bold predictions. So, John, I'll start with you for this one. Where are you going this week for your bold prediction? I'm going to go Justin Herbert has another career type of game. Even if he has a bad offensive line, that's what makes it bold. I'm going to go... 350 yards, three touchdowns, and 50 yards rushing for Herbert. And I think that'd be really impressive against this team. I think one thing that you know we can look back and be pretty impressed by is just the fact that what Justin Herbert did against an even better defense in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? They have better corners. They have a really good front seven. They're going up against probably their second best test so far this year with the Denver Broncos. If Justin Herbert's able to do that, I think the Chargers could pull this thing off. And I'll even piggyback off that. And I'm going to say that my bold prediction this week is that we see Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have big games for the first time in the same game this season. I'm going to say Keenan Allen goes a nine for 115 yards. I'm going to say Mike Williams has a big game and goes four catches for 125 yards. I think that deep ball connection, because Justin Herbert is going to have to take some chances, finally syncs up with you know what he's been able to do with guys like Jalen Guyton. And I think both of those guys have a big game this weekend. Not expecting a ton of other running backs, so that's kind of where something like this is born. David, are you sticking with the offense, or are you going to flip it over to the defensive side? I think I'm going to go defense. You guys both went offense, so I'm going to switch things up and go to the defensive side. And uh, and I'm going to say that the sack masters get together and they synchronize. That's Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Joey Bosa's been doing his thing, but I say Melvin Ingram gets in on the act and this one as well. And I say they're going to have six sacks in between them. Might be three and three, might be four and two. But I'm going to say those two guys are going to accumulate six sacks and absolutely harass and and annoy and hit. Mr. Drew Locke all game long. So, I mean, it sounds like you sound pretty confident. I mean, if the defense is doing that, obviously our confidence level issues aren't really as much with the offense as they are the defense. So, getting into our game predictions, David, do you think the Chargers are going to win this game then if they're going to be able to do something like that? 
I do. I do believe they're actually going to win this game. I mean, going into this, this is going to be tough. It's an AFC West battle, so both these teams know each other very well. But, hey, the Chargers have a different quarterback at the helm for the first time in a very long time. The Broncos and every other team did pretty well against Phillip Rivers, but they don't really know what they're going up against with Justin Herbert. So I think the Chargers' offense is much better than how good the Denver defense is. So with that being said, it's going to be a close game, but I have the Chargers winning 24-7. to And I know John, as the realist, as the pessimist, will bring us back to earth a little bit, but more importantly, tell us the history of this series. So John, it's usually not good for the Chargers. Obviously, last week was a break against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but something tells me that it's not going to be a favorable overall record between these two teams. So all time, the Broncos used to lead the series 54-48-1, but the Broncos have won 14 of the last 18. And now they lead it 68-52-1. The Chargers have not fared well against the Broncos, really, especially in Denver with that mile-high air. I don't think the Chargers are going to do well against the running game. I see Phillip Lindsay playing this game because all reports are saying that Phillip Lindsay is looking good to play, and I don't see the Chargers stopping that. So I have the Chargers losing this week. I'm going to go Broncos 27, Chargers 24. But we're going to have a special guest prediction today. We have... California National Army National Guard, Morgan Harpineau, who is back from fighting all the fires up north for like three weeks here to make a prediction. So, Morgan Harpineau, who do you see winning this week between the Chargers and Broncos? Chargers. And can you give us a score? <laughs> so you have Chargers winning 28-17. to 17. Do you have a reason why? Let's just say um, Denver's got some issues, mainly a quarterback. So, and they lost their, one of their best pass rushers. So, I would assume that Chargers should have this pretty in the bag. Second half, they'll probably give up some points. Oh, there you have it. That is the Army giving you a prediction. Well, Morgan Harpner, thank you for your service. And I'll also say that you're kind of a fake fan because you were a Cleveland Browns fan. For a little bit, but you know, we love Lamlock. We definitely have an appreciation for Morgan being up there as Californians, all of us. I mean, David's in Texas now, but he grew up with this. We know how big of an effect fires have on everybody in California. It's something that's always an ever present threat. So, thank you to Morgan. We always love to help out, you know, people who are, you know, serving this country like that. So, I'm glad he thinks the Chargers are going to win. I'm going to have to bring us back down to earth a little bit. Plus, it sounded like that was kind of a surprise prediction. It didn't seem like he knew. He was even going to be the special guest on today's podcast. But I, for me, the Chargers are going to have to prove it to me before I'm going to go with them as far as an in-division game. So they've lost the last seven in a row to the division. The last one was against the Denver Broncos 23-9 to in 2018 in the last game of the season in a game that didn't really mean much. So for me, even though I know the Chargers can win this game, I have some faith in the Chargers offense. I just don't have enough faith. They're going to have to beat a division opponent, I think, before I'm going to pick them. So I'm going to say if the Chargers in this game are going to go down. I'm going to change my score from Chargers domination. I'm going to say the Chargers lose it 27 to 21 in this game, even with you know Mike Williams and Keenan Allen having big games. But thank you to Morgan Harpenow. Thank you to my co-host David Drogmeyer and John Kegley. That is going to do it for us for the week. Until next time, guys, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. And to like the Facebook page, Locked on Chargers, as well as subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or giving us a follow on Spotify. 
Subscribing is always the quickest and easiest way to get the show. And if you guys want to call in this weekend for your pre-game thoughts or your post-game reactions, the Locked On Chargers voicemail line is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But that is going to do it for today's show. We'll be back with you guys next week. Hopefully talking about the Chargers kind of getting back into the thick of things at 3-4 and and taking down the Denver Broncos. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.